changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark with your daily dose of Chicken Soup for the Soul inspiration to make you simply happy. So I just finished editing our next book about cats. It's coming out in August. And as usual, royalties from the book will support American Humane because we're all about helping rescue dogs and cats and other animals. So cats are on my mind right now. And I want to share two fun stories with you from our last two cat books, which also supported American Humane. In the first story, Maria Morin tells us about how she rescued a squirrel. Her dog had chased it up a tree, and the poor little thing was just a baby, a little black squirrel clinging to a branch and shivering with fear. Maria dragged her dog away from the tree, and then, to her surprise, the baby squirrel ran down the tree and followed Maria and her dog. She shooed the squirrel away, hoping it would go back to its mother. But half an hour later, when Maria thought the coast was clear, she let the dog out, and he went right back after that baby squirrel who was still there. Maria dragged the dog away again and told the squirrel to go find its mother. When Maria heard a ruckus over at her neighbor's house and went back out, it was that baby squirrel again. He ran over to her and crawled up her leg and then her body, finally squeaking as he tried to hide in her hair. It appeared that this squirrel was an orphan, and he had decided that Maria was his mother. So Maria rescued the squirrel. She brought him home in a cage, intending to raise him just long enough to ensure him safety, and then release him to the wild. Maria's three cats had other ideas. She found them eyeing the cage and licking their lips. She chased them away and went on the internet to research how to feed a baby squirrel. Over the next two weeks, Maria fed the baby from an eyedropper and tried to handle him as little as possible not wanting him to become too accustomed to humans. Then she introduced the squirrel to the kind of food he would find outside in the woods. He did well, but the cats kept eyeing him, as if Maria was just fattening him up for them. The little squirrel took their attention in stride, though. He ran around his cage, and he batted at the cat paws that slipped through the bars. He was trying to make friends with the cats. After three weeks in her care, the squirrel was finally ready to be freed. Maria knew it was risky for him, but she also knew that if he stayed with them much longer, he would never be able to live in the woods like a normal squirrel. One day, after ensuring that the cats and the dog were safely in the house, Maria took the squirrel into the woods and let him go. He scurried off and climbed a tree, which was a relief. At least he knew how to do that squirrel thing. Good luck, little fellow. Maria told him softly. She had managed to walk 200 yards back to her house when she heard a rustling sound behind her. The little squirrel was following her. So she tried again two days later. This time, the squirrel didn't follow her home. But then, later that afternoon, Maria saw her three cats coming toward the house. They were behaving oddly, taking several steps, stopping, then looking behind them. As they advanced closer, she saw a familiar black ball of fur following them. It was the baby squirrel, and they were leading him home. The four animals climbed the stairs and sat at Maria's feet, waiting to be led inside. It was tempting to keep him, but Maria knew the right thing to do. 
The next day, her husband drove the squirrel a few miles away and let him go. They never saw him again. But Marya knew if they ever did, this was one squirrel that was safe from her cats. Mary Ellen Angelscribe has another great story. In her case, it started with the kitty litter not working. It wouldn't mask the cat's urine smell for even one day. Mary Ellen and her husband were concerned that the cats had a urinary infection, so they were giving them a homeopathic remedy, but the litter continued to smell awful. Then urine started showing up on the floor besides the litter. Mary Ellen thought that maybe one of the cats was refusing to use the litter box because it smelled so bad. She went to the store and bought a more expensive brand, but it too almost immediately took on that disgusting odor. Mary Ellen and her husband were at their wit's end. Their five cats had been doing fine despite the fact that they were on the older side, but now something was seriously wrong with at least one of them. Then one day, the mystery was solved when one of the cats started peering inside the cabinet under the TV. Mary Ellen opened the glass doors to see which cat was hiding in there. For a moment, she thought there was a very strange little white cat in there until she realized she was face-to-face with an unblinking, beady-eyed, white baby opossum. Mary Ellen ran out of the room, hollering for her husband. They got the opossum out of the house, and all was well with the kitty litter again. But the mystery remained. Why did those five cats allow a possum to live in their house for at least a week? The best Mary Ellen could figure was that they thought it was a very strange little kitten that she was fostering, and they were being polite and remarkably accepting of their weird new sibling. I'm Amy Newmark. Thanks for listening today. If you're looking for a fun book for someone who loves cats, look no further than the books I mentioned today, Chicken Soup for the Soul, The Cat Did What? and Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Very Good, Very Bad Cat. You can learn more about them on our website, chickensoup.com. Come back tomorrow for Thoughtful Thursday. As we move into Memorial Day weekend, I want to honor our service members, especially those who are deployed. I'm going to share a National Guard soldier story about the day of his deployment and the amazing escorts they had as their buses roared down the highway to the planes that would take them to Kuwait. <laughs> 